Well, good evening, good evening, good evening, and welcome to Ignite Depot. My name is Milt Jones. I want to, I'm want i the lead pastor here at Ignite Depot. I want to thank you for taking the time out to join us tonight. Man, I declare in the name of Jesus that this is the day which the Lord has made. We will rejoice and we will be exceedingly glad. Just like that song says, we will praise you. You'll break down every wall when we praise. God inhabits the praises of our people. And right now, I sense in the name of Jesus, that people need prayer concerning fear and anxiety. So we're going to pray for you now in Jesus' name. Right now, Father God, in the name of Jesus, we take authority, dominion, and rulership over the spirit of fear, over anxiety, over worry and concern and depression in the name of Jesus. Father, you have not given us the spirit of fear, but of power of love and of a sound mind. Therefore, we bind the spirit of fear, anxiety, worry, and concern in depression in the name of Jesus. We command you to bow your knee to the name name of Jesus. For God has given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, will bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So fear, I command you to go. Anxiety, intimidation, inferiority right now, anxiety, worry, and concern, I command you to go right now. And Father, fill them with the love of God. Fill them with the shalom peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. And Father, we're mindful to give you alone all the glory, the honor, and praise for it. In Jesus' name, let us all say amen. Well, glory be to God again. My name is Milton Jones. I'm the lead pastor here at Ignite Depot. I want to welcome you and thank you for joining us tonight. Man, we're going to jump right into the word. So we're going to go ahead and make our declaration in accordance with Isaiah 61 and 1, which says this, that the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive, the open of the prison to them that are bound, to, to, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, and to comfort all who mourn. Glory to God. He says, to appoint unto them the morning Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for morning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And they shall build the old waste, and they shall raise the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolation of many generations. Father, to you alone we give the glory, the honor, and praise that is due your name. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity. We thank you, Father God, for the blood-bought right to come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Father, we come to you believing that you not only hear our prayers, but you answer our prayers in Jesus' name. I'm covenant with you for miracles, signs, and wonders as this word goes forth. Let my tongue be the pen of a ready writer, writing the very oracles of your word upon the tables of their heart. Father, let our preaching and teaching not be with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of spirit and power. Father, I'm covenant with you for miracles, signs, and wonders. Burdens will be removed. Yokes will be destroyed as a result of this word that will go forth tonight. And to you alone, Father, I give all the glory all the honor and all the praise that is due your name. In Jesus' name we pray, let us all say 
Amen and glory to God. Well, we want to thank you for joining us again here tonight at Ignite Depot on Kingdom Encounter Live. Again, my name is Mill Jones. I'm the lead pastor here. Man, we're going to jump right into the word. So buckle up, buttercup, because here we go. Now, if I was to give this message a title, I'm going to give you this title. And this is a title that was given to me, The Greatest Trick You Never Saw. The Greatest Trick you never saw. Now, we've been talking about since the beginning of the year that 2023 is a year of the blessing of the Lord. And according to Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22, how it says that the blessing of the Lord, it maketh us rich and adds no sorrow with it. And it says in Amplified that the blessing of the Lord, it makes us rich and no amount of toiling causes it to increase. Now, we talked about the definition of blessing. The definition of the blessing means that prosperity. Now, don't click off because we're going to talk about that tonight. For, and the blessing it talks about prosperity. To make you rich means to cause you to accumulate, causes you to grow, and it's without sorrow means it's not as a result of toiling or laboring. So he's saying the blessing, the blessing that will cause you prosperity in your life, will it will cause you to become rich. It will cause you to accumulate. It will cause you to grow and no amount of toiling and laboring will, is, will uh, cause it to increase. Now let's talk about that word prosperity because man, every time you hear the word prosperity, people freak out. Oh, not that word, not the P word, not the P word. That word prosperity in its simplest form, in accordance to uh, the Webster 1828 dictionary, it reads as follows. It says prosperity. What is prosperity? Prosperity means to advance or gain in anything good or desirable, successful, progress in any business or enterprise, success, attainment of uh, object desire. Did it say anything about money? Did it say anything about how many cars you're driving? Did it say anything about how many houses you're living in? Man, the churches, the, the religious folk is the only one who has a problem when you say the word prosperity. But if they understood, see, that's a trick of the adversary to get you, get you the, oh, they just want your money. They just want, they just want your money so they can drive all those nice houses and live in those nice houses, driving those nice cars and fly those nice planes. That's not what prosperity is about. Prosperity is about advance to advance to gain in anything good. So prosperity means to advance or gain in anything good or desirable. It means to be successful. It means progress in any business or enterprise in attainment of the object desire. Prosperity, when God is talking about prosperity, he's not talking about just getting a whole bunch of money and hoarding it up for yourself. God says, I'm going to bless you so that you can be a blessing. Now, we've been talking about how 2023 is the year of the blessing of the Lord, which makes you rich and adds no sorrow with it. But who qualifies for that blessing? Who qualifies for that blessing? Man, I, I asked that question and this is what the answer I got. In accordance to Galatians chapter 3, verse 29, it says this. It says, and if you are Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to 
the promise. He says, if you are in Christ, so how do you qualify the blessing? If you are in Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and your heirs according to the promise. Now, I would ask that question, what was the promise that was made to Abraham? Well, in order to understand what was the promise made to Abraham, you got to go back to the book of Genesis chapter 12, and we're going to pick it up at verse number two, and it says this. It says, and God is talking to Abraham. He's cutting a covenant with Abraham. He says, Abraham, I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great and you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you and I will, and the curse will come on those who curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So what was the promise made to Abraham? That God was going to make his name great. He was going to make him a great nation. He says, he says that I and I, you shall be a blessing. Turn to yourself, say, God is making me a blessing. Turn to somebody else and say, hey, God is making you a blessing. Now point, point to yourself and say, God is making me a blessing a blessing, but the blessing, he's not just blessing me, my four and no more. God is blessing you, blessing me that we can be a blessing to somebody else. That's what it's all about. It's not about hoarding up stuff. It's not about trying to get all that you can get. It's not none, any of that. He says, but he says this, he says, but if you are in Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and you're an heir. An heir means whatever Abraham has, I have. Whatever Abraham was entitled to, I'm entitled to. If God says he was going to bless Abraham, he was going to bless me. If God says he's going to make Abraham's name great, he's going to make my name great. If God says that he's going to bless me to be a blessing, he's going to bless Abraham to be a blessing, that means he's going to bless me to be a blessing. It's not about money. When you're talking about God, it's not about the money. It's all about you being a blessing. You could have a whole bunch of money and be living in a house all by yourself. You just a rich man with an empty house. You could have a, be a person with a whole lot of money and can buy medicine, but the medicine won't heal you. It can't buy you health. It can buy you medicine, but it can't buy you healing. It can buy you a house, but it can't buy you a home. It can get you a date, but it can't get you a family. Money in the kingdom of God is the lowest form of prosperity. Money in the kingdom of God is the lowest form of prosperity. So you got to remember when Jesus came on the scene, what did Jesus come on the scene to do? Jesus came on the scene to give us life. It says in John chapter 10, verse 10, it says how, and I'm reading out of the amplified version. It says, it's the thief only comes in order to steal, to kill and destroy. But he says, but Jesus said, I came that you might have life in abundance to the full until it overflows. He didn't say just have life. He says, but I came that you might have life in abundance to the full until it overflows. That means he came that you might have life where your life, you had more than enough. You had the God kind of life. In the God kind of life, there is no lack. In the God kind of life, there is no sickness and disease. In the God kind of life, there is no poverty. In the God kind of life, there is no confusion. In the God kind of life, there is no chaos. It says, 
Jesus said, I came to not only give you life, but I came to give you life in abundance to the full until it overflows. Now, many people saying today, man, there's all kind of ways to get to God. There's all kind of ways to get into the kingdom. But Jesus said here in John chapter 10, verse number nine, he says this, he says, I am the door. He says, anyone who enters in, enters in through me will be saved. Did y'all hear that? Will live. So Jesus said, I am the door. He is the door. Anyone who enters in through him will be saved. That word saved, healed, set free, delivered, and made whole. You will live. Live what? The God kind of life. He says, and this person who, who is saved, they will come in and they and they will go out freely and they will find pasture or they will find rest. Jesus says, I am the door. He also said in John chapter 14, verse number six, he says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. Now, so many. The Father is saying that so many people are confused out here in the world today and thinking that they, they can come to him any old kind of way and they and they can wait to the last minute just before they die and get their life right. Or they can, you know, they can YOLO. They only live. You only live once. So I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to be like Sprite. Uh, 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 obey my thirst. I'm going to be like Burger King. My way right away. He says, but that's not what he intended for your life. He says, in fact, I have already made life available to you. I've already given you the God kind of life. I've already given you life in abundance to the full, to the overflows. And my desire for you is to be blessed so you can be a blessing. He wants to bless you so that you can be a blessing because God does nothing in the earth apart from man. But you got to understand there's an adversary and that adversary, he already told you, John chapter 10, Jesus already said the adversary comes to steal, kill and to destroy. Now, what, what is he trying to do? He if you go all the way back to the Garden of Eden, he began to work his his plan all the way back in the Garden of Eden. He wanted to do what he wanted to derail God's plan and establish his own kingdom. Remember, when God created the heavens and the earth, he, God gave the, kept the heavens for himself, but the earth, in accordance to Psalms 1, 15 and 16, he gave unto man. What did he want man to do on the earth? He wanted man to rule. He wanted man to reign over the earth. In fact, he says in Psalms chapter 8 that he's given man a, a, a dominion over the works of his hands. And what? God has given man rulership or authority and dominion over the works of his hands. Guess who falls under that, that category? The adversary. God has given you authority over the adversary, but he, the adversary is trying to convince you that you have no authority, you have no power, and you are, you are subject to whatever foolishness he desires, any kind of chaos and confusion he wants to bring about in your life. You have to understand there's only two spiritual kingdoms. There's only two spiritual kingdoms in accordance to Colossians chapter, Colossians chapter 
1 verse 13 says there's only two spiritual kingdoms. It says how, how Jesus has delivered us from the power of darkness or the authority. Uh, the kingdom of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of his dear son or into the kingdom of God. So you're either operating according to the kingdom of God or you're operating according to the kingdom of darkness. Many people have said, are we not all children of God? I've even heard pastors say that. Are we, aren't we all children of God? Are, are we are all God's children. And the answer to that question is no. Are we all God's children? No. Were we all created by God? Yes. But are we all God's children? No. Well, how can you say that we're not all God's children? Well, I didn't say that. That's what the word said. The word says this. And he says this in John chapter one, verse 12. He says this. How do you know that you are a child of God? How do you know that you are a citizen of God? How do you know you are a citizen of the kingdom of God? He says, this is the way you're going to know. As many as believed on Jesus to them, he gave the right or authority to become children of God to those who believe on his name. So whoever believes on the name of Jesus, they are the, they are the sons or children of God. Now think about that for a second. It did not say if you believe Jesus existed. It did not say if you believed in God. It says if you believe on his name or if you believe in his authority. If you believe in the authority of Jesus, you are a child of God. If you believe on the name of Jesus, you are a child of God. I'll take it a step further. Galatians chapter three, verse 26 says this, for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. So how do you know if you're truly a child of God? How do you know that you're truly a son of God? How do you know that you're truly a citizen of, in the kingdom of God? One, you believe on the name of Jesus and two, you have faith in Christ Jesus. Now, people say, well, I, I know a lot of people who said that they they uh, they believe that Jesus exists. I know a people a lot. The heck, the devil believes that he knows that demons know that. But just to say that you believe he existed, because I know people who say, hey, well, you know, he was a good prophet. But the thing about a prophet is if whatever a prophet says, a true prophet says always comes to pass. How do you know that you are a child of God? If you believe on the name of Jesus and if you have faith in Christ Jesus. That is the criteria. The only way you're able to enter into the kingdom of God, because remember, there's two kingdoms in the earth. You have the kingdom of darkness and then you have the kingdom of God. How do you operate and how do you enter into the kingdom of God? By believing on the name of Jesus Christ. John 3, 16 says it this way. He says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus said this in John chapter three and three. He says, except you be born again, you can't see the king. You can't see, perceive, or understand the kingdom of God. Except you be born again, according to John chapter three, verse five, it says you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. How do you know that you're a child of God? Because you believe on the name of Jesus and you have faith in Christ Jesus. That's it. That's all. That is the way you know. And how do you know that you really believe on it? Well, you confess it out of your mouth because you believe it in your heart. 
That's what it means to be born again. You confessed it out of your mouth because you believed it in your heart. Why, why are you making this bigger? This difference between the two, because most people don't believe the kingdom of darkness even exists. Most people don't even believe that the adversary exists. They just believe that the adversary is a figure to, to as, a, as a symbol of darkness. But there's two systems at work in the earth. You have the kingdom of God, which is righteousness, joy and peace. And the Holy Spirit, which means you're dependent upon God. You're dependent upon God, right? You're subject to God. You're subject to his power. You're subject to his, to, he is your source. A very good gift, every perfect gift, it comes from him. But the kingdom of darkness is all about money, greed, and pride. And it operates based off of fear. It also says that in the kingdom of in the kingdom of darkness, they're independent of God, which means they're not dependent upon God. They're not subject to, to the control, and they're not support. They're not uh, submitted to Him, nor are they and, and nor are they connected to Him. In fact, they are separated from God. Just like you know, the United States was originally attached to to uh, the Great Britain, but then they had a declaration of independence. And when they declare it independence, they says we are no longer tied to, subjected to, uh, under the power of Great Britain. We now stand alone on our own. And because we now stand alone on our own, we are now responsible for our own welfare, our own goods, our own needs. And guess what? Many people are doing that when it comes to God. They said, you know what? We are not subject. We're not submitted to the kingdom of God because we don't believe on the name of Jesus. We don't believe on, we don't have any faith in Christ Jesus. So we are independent. We're separating ourselves from the kingdom of God and we're going to operate by default according to the kingdom of darkness. Why is that such a great trick that you never saw? Because God said in his word, actually, Jesus said this. He says, because you can't serve both. He says so many people in the body of Christ and even in the world are trying to serve both. He said, but specifically talking about the body of Christ, you cannot serve both. He says, he says, you cannot serve two masters. He says, for either you will hate the one and love the other, or else you will be loyal to the one and you would despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now, what is mammon? Mammon is talking about the demonic spirit of mammon. The, which mammon is a demonic spirit of riches, of greed, and of pride. In the, in the kingdom of darkness, money is king. Just like in the kingdom of God, God has the anointing. The anointing in the kingdom of darkness is money. People who operate according to the kingdom of darkness believe money answers all things. Money answers many things, but money doesn't answer everything. And what the what the spirit of mammon will try to convince you of is this. I can get you everything you need apart from God. I'm going to be able, I'm going to show you how to get everything that you want and desire without being submitted to God. 
It's a great trick. And so many people are bowing down to it. How do you know? You know, you said, but I thought, Pastor, I thought you said that, that God wanted me to be prosperous. He, he wanted me to be rich, to in, accumulate and to grow. I thought you said it was God's desire this year that, that, the, that the blessing of the Lord will make me rich and add no sorrow with it. Money is in itself is neither good or bad. The difference is, what is your relationship to the money? Money in itself is not good or bad. It's your relationship to the money. Are you serving money or is money serving you? How do you know if you're serving money? Well, it's simple. What the adversary will convince you is the only way you're going to be able to pay your bills is you got to get two or three jobs or you got to find the biggest job that's, that you, where you make the greatest amount of money, even if it means that you don't ever attend anybody's church. You never crack your Bible. You never spend any time with your family. You never spend any time with your children. And guess what end up happening? You all that extra money you will make, you will use it paying for divorce. You'll use it paying for uh, uh, medicine because you don't wear your body down. Money it answers many things, but it doesn't answer everything. But the spirit of mammon will convince you that money will answer everything. And Jesus is saying to you and he's saying to me and he's saying into the entire world, this was the greatest trick that the that you never saw because the adversary is trying to convince you that you he can show you how to get everything you need and you don't even have to do it God's way. But God says, I'm able to bless you to be a blessing and I'm not going to add continuous toiling and labor to, to, to it in order for you to get it. Did you know that what the adversary did? Remember how all the way back in the Garden of Eden, how when Adam and Eve sinned against God and one of the consequences of Adam and Eve bowing their knee to the adversary was now Adam would have to toil and labor in order to produce the, the his resources, which before when he was operating according to the kingdom of God, it was sweatless. It's, it says, hey, from this day forward, Adam, you're going to toil and you're going to labor and you're going to get all these things by the sweat of your brow. And guess what the adversary says? Hey, you know what? I'm going to take that and I'm going to use that to establish in my own kingdom of darkness. I'm going to use it while everything you get is going to be by the sweat of your brow. I'm going to take what God said and I'm going to twist it and, and make it mean, make it uh, come off of something that God never intended it to. How do you know that? Because he sent Jesus. Remember, he sent Jesus to come back to give us life in abundance to the full until it overflows. What kind of life? The God kind of life. What, what kind of life was that? Life before Adam and Eve bowed their knees. What did Jesus come to do? He restored the kingdom of God back into it, back into the earth. And what happens in the kingdom of God? Now, what used to have authority over you, you now have authority over it. But the adversary is telling you, you don't have to do it God's way because I have a better way. And the spirit of mammon will have you bow your knee. It will have you getting five jobs. It will have a young lady who is beautiful, doesn't want to go out there doing things. In fact, we actually had what had a young lady in our church when I was growing up. She was a real life call girl. She was a, she was a prostitute, but she came to church on Sunday and she came to church Every week, and when she would literally be coming out of, off of work, coming into the church, still dressed up just like she was when she was on the street, and she would come into the church and she would sit down 
And then after church was over, she'd get up and she'd walk out. And, and she did this for weeks and she did this for months. And guess what happened? Over time, she those all that makeup that she used to wear and all those those clothes that she was wearing, her dresses got longer, her makeup got lighter. What began to happen? She began to understand who she was in Christ. She understood that God's way was a better way. She understood that it was never God's desire for her to sell her body. It was never God's desire for her to make money like it. She said she only did that because that was the only way she knew how to make money. And see, the spirit of man will say, I'm going to get, show you how to make money. I'm going to show you how to get all these things, but you're not going to have to follow God's way in order to do it. And God says it, it was never his plan for it to be like that. See, it's not about the money. It's about your relationship with the money. In fact, it says, and I've heard people quote this and misquote this so many times, money is the root of all evil. That's not true. It says in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10, the love of money is the root of all kind of evil for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. It never said the money was the issue. It says that person's relationship with the money, which means they will they were willing to do anything and everything in order to get it. It was never about the money. It's your relationship with the money that the issue is. See, you're either going to love God or you're going to love money. That's what it really comes down to. I was talking to a family member yesterday. I said, you know what? He says, man, I have not, I don't always have the relationship with God like you do. I said, man, I get tempted just like you do. I said, but this, I make this decision every day. I love God more than this. I love God more than getting high. I love God more than getting drunk. I love God more than sleeping around. I love God more than cheating on people. I love God more than lying on people. I love God more than doing all these things. It really comes down to what do you hold and love the most? I love God because of my love for God. It causes me not to want to do these things. I can do those things, but because I love him, I have no desire to do those things. And, it's just, and, and when I said it to him, the light went on. He's like, so it really comes down. It really comes down to what do you love the most? People who are operating in the spirit of mammon love money and they because they love money and what money can get them, they're willing to do whatever they need to do, even if it means that they turn away from the faith of God. But God also said in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17, talk, still talking about money, he says, command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God. It says, don't put your trust in money because money goes up and comes down. I remember in the States a few years ago, man, people's 401ks and 5013s and all that good stuff, their, their stocks was worth millions in one day because banks start calling in loans. Guess what happened? That stock that was worth over a million dollars came down to 500 thousand dollars in some cases two hundred and fifty thousand in some cases people lost it all and when they lost that money they literally lost their minds 
He says, he says, so don't, he says, but trust in the living God who gives us all things richly to enjoy. He says, let them do good that they may be rich in good works. He says, you got money. He says, but take that money and do good works with it. He says, be, he says, be ready to give, willing to share, storing up for, for themselves a good foundation for the time will come that they may lay hold on eternal life. God's thing is not about the money. His thing is, what is your relationship with it? You can't operate according to the kingdom of God and still op try to operate according to, uh, in the principles of the kingdom of darkness and get the kingdom of God results. It doesn't work that way. It's trying to, it's kind of like taking an Apple phone and trying to put Samsung uh, an operation system on it and expecting it to still operate like an iPhone, it's never going to happen. Why? Because there's two different operation systems. And it's the same thing when you're talking about the kingdom of God and when you're talking about the kingdom of darkness. God has a way of doing things which supersedes the world's way of doing things. But he says, but you have to make a decision that you're going to love God more than you love this world's way of doing things. We're going to talk about this because this is only going to be part one about the, the, the greatest gift you never saw, the greatest trick you never saw because, man, what ended up happening, he says, hey, adversary was like, look, I'm going to show you, I'm going to convince you that you need to love this world so much because for some people, this is as close to heaven as they believe they're ever going to get. They only believe they're only going to live one time. And because they live only going to live one time, I'm going to just wild out and I'm going to live my life the way I want to live it. And God says, even if you live the life that you think you live, it will it will fail in comparison to the life that God intended for you to live. God already had a plan. He already had a purpose. He still has a plan. He still has a purpose for you and for me. And he's all he's saying to you is don't buy into the trick. Don't take the bait and try to serve the kingdom of God and try to serve the kingdom of darkness at the same time. He says, because then you will end up with a mixed bag and mingled seed. And guess what? What you will end up with? Absolutely nothing. Nothing. And the adversary already knows. That. In fact, God says he tells us not to even love this world. He says this. He says in James chapter four, verse four, he says, adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity or, or, or contentious with God? He says, whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world system makes themselves an enemy of God. He also goes on to say in 1 John chapter 2, verse 15, he says, do not love the world or the things in the world. He says, if anyone loves this current world system, he's talking about the systems. He's talking about the customs. He's talking about the manner of men that produces life. He says, if you love this world's way of doing things more than you love God, he says, he says, uh, if anyone loves the world, the love of the father is not in him. He says, for all that is in the world, you want to know what's in the world? Why God is saying don't love this world system? Why God is saying don't go in, don't fall into the, the trap bait uh, operating according to the kingdom of darkness? He said, because this is what's in that system. He says, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And none of that 
is of the Father, but is of the world. He says, and this world, this current age, this system that we're operating, this Babylonian system is going to pass away. And the lust of it, he says, but he who does the will of the Father will abide with God forever. He says, you're either going to make a decision to operate according to the kingdom of God, or you're going to make a decision to operate according to this world. He says, but you can't do both. The greatest trick the adversary ever, one of the greatest tricks you ever pulled was to try to convince you, to try to convince me that we can live according to the world system and still get God's results. And it's never going to happen. It's impossible because they're two different operational systems. The kingdom of darkness is based off your toiling and your laboring. The kingdom of God is based off of the fact that God has blessed you. He has empowered you. He has enabled you. He has equipped you to cause you to be able to get riches. But when you get the riches, because your relationship, you love God and your relationship is not with the money, but your relationship is with God. You're going to take the riches that you make in order to be a blessing. To somebody else. It's the greatest trick you never saw because it's so subtle. Because if you go to most people, they'll say, Man, you gotta do this and you gotta do that, you gotta do this and you gotta do that. And God says, What did he, I'm asking you to do is this? And according to Matthew 6 he says, Seek first my kingdom, seek first my way of doing things, seek first my governing system, which impacts. The, the 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 territory and the domain with his nature, his culture, and his lifestyle. But the adversary says this: No, don't seek God. Seek my way. Seek the kingdom of darkness, so that the adversary can impact the territories and the domains with his nature and his culture and his lifestyle, which is stealing, killing, and destroying, which is based off of greed and money and pride. He, he uses fear to get what he wants done. God uses faith and love to get done what he wants to get done. Who is the deciding factor on which kingdom you're going to operate? Is it God? No, you are the deciding factor. I am the deciding factor. How do you know that? Because Jesus already said it. He says, he says in John 3, 16, that he God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth on him would not perish, but have everlasting life. He also went on to say this, that he says, except you be born again, you cannot even see, comprehend, perceive the kingdom of God. He says, it's not, it's not way out there in the sweet by and by. He says, it's as simple as this in accordance to Romans chapter 10. Verses 8, 9, and 10, and I want to give you an invitation to do it tonight. Is this simple. He says this. He says, and of course, at Romans, 8, Romans chapter 10, verses 8, 9, and 10, it says this. It says, the word of God is near you. It's in your heart. It's in your mouth. It's the word of faith, which we preach. That if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus member, in order to qualify for the blessing, you have to believe in Jesus. It says, if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with your heart, you believe unto righteousness, but with your mouth, confession is made unto salvation. It's that simple. See, 
The starting line, the starting line to all of this is making the decision to make Jesus the head of your life. It's connecting your life with the Lord Jesus Christ so that you are, you are, now you are, if you're in Christ and because you're in Christ, now you're Abraham seed and because you're Abraham seed, you're heir to the to the promise that God said that he will make his name great and he will make of him a great nation and he will bless him to be a blessing until all the families of the earth have been blessed. Are you ready? Let's I'm going to give you an invitation to enter into the kingdom of God right now so we can begin to train you how to operate according to God's way of doing things so you will be able to identify when the kingdom of darkness or the spirit of mammon is trying to draw you away into the kingdom, into this world system to make you chase at the money and give up your relationship with God. But we're not going to let that happen. I said, we're not going to let that happen. So pray this prayer with me. Confess it out of your mouth. Many of your hearts say it with me right now. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I do believe Jesus Christ, he's the son of God. I believe he died for me on the cross and carried my sins for me. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Save me now. I receive your offer of forgiveness. I receive salvation right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time or you prayed that prayer, a rededication, man, we want to welcome you into the kingdom of God, welcome you back in relationship, right relationship, welcome you into right standing with God. What do you do now? Man, you got to get in the word-based church that teaches about the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ and about the love of God, about the kingdom of God. We know that Ignite Depot is such a place. You know, just like it says, Jesus is the door. It's the starting point, just like when you walk in a house. It's the starting point. It's not the finish line. What? So you need to grow up in the things of God. So we'll be, we'll be here every week at 6 p.m. on Saturday, Eastern Standard Time. We'll be right here bringing a right now word, a word in due season, a practical word that will help you to be able to understand what the kingdom of God is, how to operate according to the kingdom of God so that you can get God's results in every area of your life. So you are blessed to be a blessing until all the families of the earth are blessed through you in Jesus name. Now, if you miss it here on Saturday, man, we rebroadcast the same message on Thursday at 6 p.m. And hey, we also have a podcast. Now on that podcast, it's Ignite to Life. That's Ignite the number two life podcast. And on that podcast, you'll hear this message and all the other messages prior to this. You want to go back and hear the last three messages so you can connect with what was shared with you tonight. Man, I'm here to tell you right now, God has a great plan for your life. And he says, but I want to expose the greatest trick that you never saw. Now, on behalf of Pastor Juwin, the entire Dog Nation, we want to thank you for joining us tonight and we'll see you next week. God bless you. Bye-bye.